What's up, everybody? We are celebrating the 64th episode of Fearless as Fuck, the podcast today. Damn. And, yeah, damn. That's a lot. And in, actually, we didn't really plan this, but mm. ironically, <laughs> I have my amazing friend, Christian Kirkland, back on the podcast today for episode number 64. And Christian was here for episode number one. So I'm back. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm very, very excited. Um, episode one, act, like the original episode one was not recorded at Sticky Paws in this in this um, ven- what's it, venue. Beautiful this, studio. This studio. Um, it was actually recorded at my home when I was testing out the whole podcast thing and if I really wanted to do it. But the official first Fearless as Fuck podcast in studio had Christian and my other best friend, Megan. And mm-hmm. we walked in here with no fucking idea. What we were doing. No, no idea. And I remember, I remember John walking in and being like, do you guys need help? <laughs> <laughs> Can I give you some advice? I yeah. walked in here with like a notepad full of notes of what I was going to do. And he's like, ditch the notes. Remember we went over like the night before or something? We planned- And we went over like topics and topics and talks. He was like, just talk. Yeah. Just talk and it'll work. And I wanted to throw up. All this- <laughs> yeah, I was nervous as hell too, but I was trying to hold it together for my sister over here. <laughs> I appreciate that. But it um it is really exciting when you can kind of go back and, you know, see how far cuz I never even imagined this making it to a certain number of episodes. I just did it because I wanted to do it and mm-hmm. you know, was chasing that that goal and that feeling of pursuing something that felt right. So, it is really exciting we can sit back and like, damn, we've done 64 fucking episodes and things have changed and I, I can sit in front of you and be like, "Okay, what are we talking about today? Let's just turn on a little update." A yeah. Little update on things cuz yeah. that was what, like a year and a half ago, maybe? Um, that, or longer than that. I think that. we're going on almost two years, yeah. honestly. And the last time we had just talked about this, but the last time we had you on, we talked about social media. We talked mm. about competing and fitness. And so much has transpired in your life and in my life. I know. So why don't you just give me a little update real quick and so, reintroduce yourself? So it's me, Christian Mingle. Follow me on the gram. Um, <laughs> we were talking about me going to compete in WBFF. For the first time. And you and I were doing it together. Mm-hmm. And it was going to be my first show ever. And we did it. And I did actually pretty well. You know, um, the process was challenging, but I, I loved it. You know what I mean? Did the whole competing thing. Um, I will never do it again. Uh, I just, like, it's a great idea. But the thing I hate about it the most is it's caused me the worst body dysmorphia ever. When you're like 4% body fat, that's so unhealthy. That's not maintainable whatsoever. And I took a lot from the process. Like, I got so much closer to you. We had so much fun. I just don't like it. I don't like it. I think that there's too much, like, drug use. And there's too much, like, just, ah, I can't even explain it. Like, it's such a mental fuck for you. You know what I mean? Even to this day, like, everyone's like, oh, no, you look great. You look great. I'm sitting here like, but do I, though? Like, because I used to look like this. So I'll forever try to like get back to that point, but it's just not possible because it's not healthy. Yeah. And that's a good thing to point out too, because the body dysmorphia is a real thing, mm-hmm. especially in that industry. And you don't realize what you're going through until you can take an outside, look at it from an outside perspective and step away from it mm-hmm. and look back at it. Because I also had to do a lot of unlearning in this, yeah. in this past off season because I'm not done competing. However, this is the longest time off I've taken mm-hmm. and I almost got forced into it because I knew I needed that mental break so bad because I wouldn't say I was in a bad place, but I wasn't in a good place yeah. either. And that stemmed from a few different things, but 
competing back to back to back to back really does a, a number on your brain. Yeah. You're constantly spending every single day waking up in the morning, looking at yourself in the mirror and analyzing every single strain you have in your body. Mm -hmm. If you're lean enough, if you're on track, you know, it's, it's so tedious. And mm -hmm. like you said, there's so much good that can come out of the process and um, self-development and growth and, there's discipline, a lot of good things. Discipline. Like all that stuff, which I feel like is so hard to accomplish as a human being to begin with. Mm -hmm. So I loved all that stuff about it. You know? But there's also that other side that yeah. can kind of screw up your head. Because like one thing that like stuck out to me that you just said, you're still constantly, you get a compliment and you're like, but do I look great? Yeah. In, in comparison to what? And yeah. that's like, oh, and it shouldn't be like that. <laughs> and it's like, you know, because in general, people are not as in good shape anymore, you know? So... Yeah, we do look great compared to other people, but it's like compared to myself, mm, where I've seen myself, achieved. you know, because I'm my own biggest competition. Right. And so. Well, I'm glad you had a really good experience with competing, though, and that, yeah. whole, that whole thing was so incredible, the whole process. Mm -hmm. um, it glamorous, is, is, girl. Yeah. WBFF is glamorous, honey. Yeah. <laughs> Nate was an amazing coach. Yeah, shout like, out to Nate. Love sure. him. Such a great coach. And, I mean, the, and the, the WBFF in general, I mean, there's been a lot of drama with that organization mm. as of lately, but, you know, one Damn. of the, the – yeah, <sighs> one of the reasons why you and I chose that organization to begin with was because it was different, mm -hmm. and it wasn't just – your traditional bodybuilding organization. It was yeah. beauty, fitness, fashion, all in one giant competition. And yeah. so you had so much creative ability. You were judged on more than just your physical body. So yeah. that kind of gave some just extra. A little oomph. A little oomph, yeah, which is great. But um, the organization has since had a lot of heat that's fallen on them for the way some things were handled this past year at Worlds <sighs> and a lot of athletes have stepped away. Damn. A ton of athletes have stepped stepped away including designers, coaches, teams. Um, so the WBFF is kind of in an interesting spot right now and mm -hmm. I know that the whole WBFF Australia organization is run completely separately than WBFF International. Okay. They're run by completely different organizers so that is still flourishing over there but WBFF in the United States in particular, I'm not really sure what's happening anymore. And it's Dang. kind of sad. Um, a lot of my fellow athletes have stepped away, like I said. So I am, I am, uh, I don't know how to say this. I'm, <laughs> Are you going to make an announcement? I'm, I was <laughs> going to try, but then I also am still so very conflicted. Of course. Because what I had expressed to you just now, the whole reason why I went to that organization was very specific because I liked the freedom, the creativity, um, the, the pageantry as well yeah. as the bodybuilding mm -hmm. um, and the bodies in general. I, I liked how our athletes looked, but now given the circumstances, I'm feeling like I don't want to do that anymore. And that's yeah. a, that was a hard thing to say. So I'm tiptoeing on the idea of, you know, seeing how I would feel about NPC and stepping into that and maybe okay. just doing one show. But I feel like you feel where I love the process. Yeah. And I've always been competing, so I, I'm always drawn to that. But all of the other things have really turned me off a little bit. So mm -hmm. if I do it now, I know why I'm doing it, and it's, I'm doing it for myself and yeah. just to tackle something. Mm -hmm. um, but to chase that like world stage or Olympia stage, I just don't see myself in that positioning yeah, anymore. Um, there's been a lot of unlearning I've had to do, as I'm sure you can understand. And uh -huh. any athlete stepping away from competing for a certain amount of time probably has to understand that too. Like you have to learn what's normal again. You have to understand that you don't have to be shredded 24 seven to be 
athletic and beautiful Mm -hmm. and, you know, physically attractive. Like you're not fat just because you aren't shredded to the bone. Uh, Yeah, exactly. All those things that go through your head. So you have to unlearn that. And it actually made me start enjoying my life a lot more when I had these breaks. So it's a very conflicting place to be. But that's kind of where I'm at with it. Yeah. It's intense. But yeah, I would say try it. You should. Yeah. Why wouldn't you? I don't know. You know, you should always try, you know, all the options and just see what you like the most. You know what I mean? Obviously, NPC is a lot more like, you know, rigid, rigid. Mm-hmm. It's a great word. Yeah. Which, <laughs> well, it's one of those things that I, I don't know. I think that you can't go wrong by just trying something and seeing if you like it. Yeah. And like you said, if you're doing it for yourself, you can't go wrong with that. Yeah. No matter what happens, like whatever result it is. You challenge yourself. Right. You know? So what else happened for you after after the whole world's thing kind of came to a close? Um, I start. I ha- I dated a boy for the last year. We just broke up recently. Um, R.I.P. R.I.P. It was nothing bad. I know. Nothing <laughs> bad. It was just, you know, we were very different people. He gave me a great year. But, I you know, he, like, lives in L.A. And that was always an issue. I don't mind long distance, but a lot, a lot of people don't like that. So um, foundationally, we were just very different. And I just said, you know what? This isn't a match for me, mm-hmm. you know? And so I did that. I was commuting back and forth a lot. So that was a lot of work to be doing. Yeah. What else? Um, you almost got casted for a TV show. That's right. I did. Mm-hmm. I was going for a TV show. The producer hit me up and asked me to audition. So I did it. I got very close to the end. Did not make it. But... He did tell me that there's probably going to be another season or a spinoff for the show. So to hit him up and, or he's going to hit me up once that all comes, you know, to play out. But how was, how was the whole experience of trying to get casted for a TV show? What do they have you do and like submit? Yeah, it's, uh, it's a lot of fun. It's kind of, obviously it's a little bit stressful, you know, so it all starts out with, you know, he like messaged me, gave me the whole plot and the whole idea for the show and I said yes of course I'm always down for any opportunity you know and then um we did a phone call interview he had been following me on Instagram for a couple years we follow each other and he said you know what this phone conversation just confirms everything I already thought about you I think you'd be perfect for this show there's never been a gay person on this type of show um and so he's I'm gonna put you towards the um zoom interview so the next I think it was like on a Wednesday afternoon I did a Zoom interview with another producer. We talked for like an hour and a half. Amazing conversation. She said, I hope that they pick you for, you know, selfish reasons because you're so entertaining, like you're so funny, like just genuine, all that good stuff. And then I was super excited. I then had to make a self-tape. So I had to do a self-tape at work, at home, with friends. What do I do? All that stuff. And I had to submit that within, it was like a couple of days. Mm -hmm. It was like 48 hours. So I had to do that within two days, submitted that. And then I just had to wait. And then I waited and I waited and I waited. And then um, I found out that another person I know was getting flown out for like a private interview. I didn't get that phone call. So that was kind of it. But it would have been an amazing opportunity. And I don't think that's the end for me. I think the universe kind of works in funny ways, you know? Like, obviously, you want to be single on these shows. If you get on it, I was in a relationship. Uh, I wasn't like fat by any means but like I obviously didn't like my body at that moment and it wasn't the right time for me to be on a tv show like that you know so I hope when it comes up again it's a lot better timing and I can just fuck it up 
You know what I'm saying? Yeah. One of my favorite quotes is redirection, not rejection. Ooh. And it's got me, I don't even know who told me that or where it came from or came, came up for me, but um, I've been doing auditions since I was a kid. So like mm-hmm. I've heard no so a, many times, a thousand times yeah. in so many different industries. Yeah. And um, it's never easy to hear no. It's never easy to hear that you weren't chosen yeah. or picked or especially when you don't really sometimes get a, a like a um, an explanation. Yeah. Sometimes you just hear no. Yeah. You're, you're not it. And um, I remember rejection used to really break me apart really bad of because course. I would naturally you wonder what's wrong with me why not me why was i not good enough or you compare yourself to the people who got the position mm-hmm. other than you um but it's really interesting if you can look at it from an introspective positioning and be like maybe that wasn't for me yeah maybe that wasn't for me maybe i'm supposed to be doing something else yeah or maybe going after this particular opportunity is actually setting me up for something else totally and that perspective shift changes everything mm-hmm. but you also have to like Put down your ego a little bit and release the grip on something that you have so tightly. Yeah. Because when you want something so fucking bad and you're holding it so tight yep. and it doesn't happen, you can crush yourself. Yeah. But if you release that and just know that if this is for me, it won't pass me. And if I don't get it, maybe I'm supposed to be somewhere else. That is going to present so many other opportunities to you because your 100%. eyes, your perspective is going to be wide open. Mm-hmm. So I was going to ask you, you know, how have you handled rejection in your past has it always been easy I mean, for you or have you had to, you know, have some of those conversations with yourself? Definitely. I've had to have some of those conversations <laughs> with myself because, um, I take things personally Yeah, and I know not everything is about me, even though it should be, <laughs> but, um, it's hard not to take it personal. And like, you're right. It's, you know, like for the show, for example, I could have easily gotten that rejection and been like, man, fuck this, fuck, like did it and talked all this smack about, you know, what the opportunity, but I said, you know what? the person that they went with and myself are so different. Mm-hmm. Like the energies are so different. And I said, we wouldn't even work on the same show together. You know what I'm saying? So I, th- they were going for that person. I wouldn't have done well. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And, but like growing up and stuff, oh, I've definitely had those talks with myself. Like even like getting jobs out here, getting jobs in like nightlife industry. Oh man, that was my next. And yes. it's so, <laughs> was that the next thing we were going yes, to? Yes, I'm so glad you Yeah, because that. nightlife is is a beast that's very difficult for so many people. Even if you like are already established in this city, you're not going to get guaranteed jobs like new venues or day clubs. You, you can have the best connections. It might not work out for you. You know? So, um, I was actually talking to a friend of mine and she went out for a nightclub recently. It's a new one that's opening up and she had like the second interview and she was so excited and she was like, man, like, you know, she's a really sweet girl. And um, she didn't get it. And she was like, I spent all, you know, Friday crying about it when I heard everybody got their calls, whatever. And I said, you know what, girl, like, you're you're beautiful. You're so amazing. It just wasn't for you. Mm -hmm. You know what I said? And I told her and I said, the universe protects everyone in its own way. And at the time, it might not feel like it's the best for you. I was like, but what's going to happen is this place is going to open. You're going to go and you're going to be like, you know what? Maybe that wasn't. Maybe it wasn't for me. You know, and I told her and I said, but this should put things into perspective. Maybe start thinking about what you actually want to do long term. Yeah. Because for me, nightlife and day life are very temporary. Unless you want to obviously become like a manager and director or whatever. Like, that's cool. But you want to stay as a busser or a cocktail waitress or a bartender or whatever. You got to think about longevity, you know. And unfortunately, 
nightlife just isn't longevity, at least for me. It's yeah. not. I know some people love it. They've been doing it for, you know, 25, 30 years, you know, but for me, I'm like, what's next? Yeah. But like you said, if that's if you're looking at it as like a career opportunity long term mm-hmm. and you're looking to, you know, work your way up in the company, but you can't stay a bus or a cocktail server forever. No. But it's it is it does get in your head a little bit too because of how competitive the industry is out here. That if yeah. you're not at the biggest, brightest, newest, most shiny thing, then you're your value goes down. And that like a used car says. <laughs> <laughs> I that's one of the things that I've auditioned for that brought back some of those like self-deprecating mm. thoughts because auditioning for dance and different jobs throughout my life never really phased me as much as the Vegas industry phased me. Yeah. And I think the reason why it felt differently was because it, you feel like it's solely based off how you look in 30 seconds of meeting somebody. Yep. You get those famous two questions and that is it. Yeah. What is your name? What is your experience? And a fun fact, a fun or a fun There's fact. Always about a fun you. fact about you. Yeah. Yeah. What's your fun fact? And what was mine? Yeah. I host a podcast. Oh, <laughs> Here we are. <laughs> She's not lying. I, yeah, I think I, I think I said I host a podcast. Yeah, and that was it. And then they barely, they don't really give you any, um, like conversation back. They just go, okay, thank you, thank you. We will not be calling you. <laughs> I wish they would just tell you that. Yeah, like that. Wasn't, I know that they can. It's like not a whole, interesting. It's next. like a whole thing. But I, I wish they'd be like, you know, with a little notepad, and they're like. We will not be calling you. Like, okay, dope. You know okay, how about this though? This was the worst thing I've ever experienced. I auditioned for the Laker girls one year, and the very first round was like a little across the floor combo. Like they taught it in like five minutes, and yeah. they had you go, and they lined us all up. And then I noticed this as this is happening. I got to the front of the line. There is a table of five judges at the very end of this little the basketball court. Okay, you make it all the way across, and you hold your pose, and they either give you a thumbs up or a thumbs fucking down. To your face. Yes. I love that though. No, I fucking, no. <laughs> I've gotten better with rejection over the years. Okay, this was <laughs> this was the one that slapped me in the face uh, the fucking most though because there's something about seeing this in your face and then having somebody come up and cut off your fucking wristband like, <gasps> okay, thank you. You can go now. So like, yes. Oh, that's savage, sis. <laughs> was it a gay so, guy doing it with like attitude? No, but I, I think that actually would have been quite entertaining. <laughs> He's all, but, sorry, queen. I know. <laughs> <laughs> what was even worse was like two of the judges like there was one, one of the guys was like a radio show host and his son who's in high school who like like he actually had an opinion on you know or not even an opinion like his his um his opinion counted as one of the votes like if you had you know too many thumbs down it was a collective thumbs down and so it mattered and i'm like what does this fucking 14 year old kid know Can't about even drive this? a car and he, he, he's out here looking at half naked 21 year old women like dancing. I don't know. It was just so bothersome to me. Yeah. And um, that was a really weird rejection feeling that I got that I was like, this fucking sucks. But, you know, circling back to what you were saying is like, you know, we walk in front in our swim trunks and bikinis in front mm. of a judge judging panel of like three to seven ish people. Yeah. And they ask you those very two simple questions and you need to impress them. Yeah. It's like dance monkey dance for a second and, yeah. you know, make make it make it worth it. Yeah. And you leave not knowing how you did or what their opinion of you was, and you just wait. And then you start hearing that people are getting their phone calls. Yeah. And, and it, you ne- never get a call. Yeah. And you waited probably like, you know, f- four or five hours to get that opportunity. And mm-hmm. um, as much as like you could very easily say, oh, well, whatever, it's not for me, it's still 
sucks. Yeah. Especially when your career is riding on it too. For sure. I mean, money is definitely a real thing. Right. Which I hate. Right. Yeah. And for those of you listening who don't know, like the pools out here in Vegas, you re-audition every single year. You don't, you aren't guaranteed, like Christian said, to receive your job back, um, which can be very daunting to know that. Very daunting. This is going to be your last year. That's why I tell everyone, like, because I worked at a day club this year and it's seasonal and you can do an amazing job. You can think you killed it all summer, but maybe your job is not guaranteed the next year. And there, are, I feel like there's every year at certain like big venues where you have that upset where like mm. that one girl just didn't get the call, but she's been there for five seasons, still looks amazing, crushed sales, but they weren't feeling her that year. You know, they're going for a different look or they're going for a different energy or mm. you don't know. So I tell everyone, I'm like, if you're working at a day club, be very grateful mm-hmm. for that job that you have that year because it might not be offered the following year. It's like the you fucking know? draft. And not, just, and not just that, but like <laughs> you can get promised all this stuff and people will tell you like, oh, we love you. We'll bring you back. And you don't get that call back. You yeah. know, so you can't listen to what anybody says. You just got to kind of re-audition every year. Hope for the best. If you get your job, great. And if you don't, there's a the universe telling you, Sis, move on. Do something else. Try something different, you know? And it sucks, but that's kind of like I'm at that point in my life right now, you know, where I'm looking for something else to be doing, and I'm not sure. I'm, I'm like, playing with a bunch of different ideas. I'm right there with you. You know, like, photography's always been something I've been loving to do, and um, that's a hard industry to break into because I feel like it's so oversaturated, and we have iPhones now that have these amazing cameras with all these features, um, I kind of want to try stand-up comedy. I fully wouldn't that be fun? <laughs> <laughs> I'm fully in support. You know? I think you're right on the way though with like getting into the podcast, um, you know, niche too. And you and that Chandler was, starting bring a podcast. Up next. Yes, I think that one of the things, at least this is my own personal experience. The more I've followed what's felt right in mm-hmm. that moment and released the idea of what I think I should be doing and really followed what felt good as well. I mean, obviously thinking logical too, and we're not super young anymore. So thinking it with like a realistic expectation, but I don't know, kind of leaning into what's feeling right at the time and understand that you don't have to be stuck to the one thing that you started with. Yeah. hundred percent is really Eye-opening. Mm-hmm, because life is not linear. Fuck no. She likes to do all these things, <laughs> all this shit. But, uh, yeah, the setup comedy is something I've been thinking about for a while, and I'm just too nervous to, like, do it, which is so dumb because I'm so outgoing. But, like, the thought of getting onto a stage in front of people and you have to make, make them laugh, I'm going to fail the first couple times for sure. But maybe I won't. I don't know, you know. So I, I want to start doing open mics. I have to hold myself accountable and just go. Because I kind of want to go alone like the first couple of times in case mm-hmm. I like really mess up. But like I've been watching like Matt Reif a lot lately. I love Obviously, him. he's like the the thing now. I love you. Yes. <laughs> he's so hot. But he's like so funny. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I think back at what makes me happy in life is to make everybody else laugh. And that just like to make people feel good in that moment. So I'm like, well, I guess I'll just try it and see how it goes. You know what I mean? But the podcast thing, yes, that's a recent thing. Chandler's supposed to be here today with yes. us, but she couldn't make it's, it. R.I.P. She's not dead, but she just couldn't make it. 
But I think, you know, fighting that fear is something that you're going to have to do regardless mm-hmm. if it's something that, so might as well take a chance on something that you love yeah, or something that feels really good. Yeah. I mean, we were just talking about this earlier. I mean, if I listen back to our first podcast, mm-hmm. I feel like I'm tripping all over myself. Yeah. I still trip all over myself to this day, but it's that's hard just, not to. It's hard, but that's, that's who I am as a person. So I'm just like, fuck it. I'm just going to embrace who I am and yeah. sit here and talk about what I want to talk about and deliver the message that means something to me. So mm-hmm. if you feel like making people laugh and feel good is what is like the next step, you just have to do it. Yeah. And no one's ever going to judge you for failing at something that you love. You're just, you're trying. Yeah, that's true. But the internet has a really fucked up way at pointing out people's flaws and pointing mm-hmm. out, um, you know, <laughs> when you're not doing something good enough or oh, yeah. something, like look silly and there's just, you know, full of keyword warriors and haters on the internet. And that was favorites. another thing that I really wanted to chat with you about because I know you and I have talked about this quite a bit and mm-hmm. how to deal with inter- how to deal with social media. And I <laughs> I personally have had been having this struggle and I talked to Allie Harding last week about this who's a big tiktok influencer yeah she got famous from sharing her suicidal to successful story on tiktok and has a a really incredible platform of influencing young people especially on how to get out of suicidal thoughts and how to manage victim mentality and everything but her and i met through trauma her and i met through our worst moments of sharing them on the internet and she also was the next podcaster I had on After You. And we sat That's down right. here last week and her and I both were like, there have been times recently where I've wanted to delete everything off the fucking internet that I've ever done. Yeah. But also the duality of being able to look back at how far you, yes. you know you came. But it's a really tricky thing because social media is such an interesting and wonderful tool to be able to deliver a message to so many people and to get out positivity. But it also has a very ugly negative side to it and I have wanted to run away from the internet recently same so and I just find it so interesting because I know people could say well you know what you're getting yourself into like you wanted this but at the same time you know you evolve and grow and you can look back at yourself three five ten years ago and be like oh my god what the fuck was I thinking yeah and it's crazy because I feel like most people show the highlights of their life Mm -hmm. that's me and um, (laughs) I love people that are are like you that'll post like their worst moments also on social media because that's so hard for people to do because they want to act like they're perfect all the time and like oh my god every day is just so great for me like ah. <laughs> like no girl it's not it's not but you're right people on social media are mean they're mean, mean because there's because there's also no real you know like consequence because you're just typing from your little and I love the ones that are like fake accounts are like there's no photo they're private it's like a burner account mm-hmm. and they just like rip you a new one you know what i mean yeah but for me this is so stupid to say but it's like it's almost a compliment like okay take your time it try to ruin my day but you took the time out of your day to come Com- onto my yeah. instagram and comment whatever you wanted to comment because you want to feel better about yourself that's okay you know and my tune could change like let's say me and Chandler's podcast blow up. Let's say I do stand up and like I do really, really well. My opinion might change because mm-hmm. I really haven't gotten a ton of like negative. Like it's happened obviously before everyone's gone through it. But when it's like thousands of comments every day, that's a different type of story, you know? Yeah. And I think, you know, with the more reach you get with anything mm-hmm. you're going to get an influx more of that 100 percent. so that's 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 the catch like you, yeah. you gain traction but you also gain 
I know. Negative traction. Yeah. Or not negative traction, but negative attention yeah. as well. Uh, yeah. There's always the haters out there. That's the thing about the reality TV show thing. To like, I do, oh, I do yeah. feel like I should be on a platform somewhere because all my friends say I'm like really entertaining and mm -hmm. That's just genuinely me. I'm just, I'm like, I dance everywhere. I make jokes. I make people laugh. Like, this is just... Christian 24 7. All the for those time. of you who do not know him personally, like, this, <laughs> everything that you see is 100% him all of the fucking time. So yeah. I think that that's why you'd be successful, though. It's exactly it's a genuine who you thing. are. I'm not trying. Yeah. <laughs> like, I, this is me, girl. I'm just like my mom. I'm nuts. The apple, like, just stuck to the tree, you know? Because she's, she's crazy, too. We're both, I was just raised with. My dad's funny too, but my mom is like hilarious. I love that. Which is genuinely, you know what I mean? Yeah. Th do you feel like your opinion, um, well, I know you were saying like this is exactly who you've been since day one on social media, but mm -hmm. do you feel like the way you've showed up on social media changes or the way that you want to show up on social media as far as sharing your life, um, being more transparent? Is that Has that ever been difficult for you? Uh, I mean, yeah. I definitely think that at the beginning of social media, I focused so much on like, physical appearance yeah you know what i mean like I, yes. when you're just shredded like you want to post all your shirtless photos and everything like that and i think lately i've been more trying to make people's day brighter and just like posting like funny stories things i've experienced throughout that day because i you guys instagram and social media is so insane these days i'm sure you know but like just the political the political side of it is so out of control these days and it's like it, it's become such a dark mm -hmm. space and it was supposed to be not like that you know what I mean? So I try to balance that out by being like funny, carefree and show the highlights because I feel like people need the funny stuff. Yeah. To outweigh the negative. Yeah. Because that's and how I am. Like the, the world is a crazy place and there's so many serious things going on. But to get on Instagram and use that as like your platform to like spread negativity or like people call it like awareness sometimes. But I'm like, you're not doing that. You're literally just trying to make other people feel bad for their opinion. Yeah, and you can, you can see the difference, too, when someone's just sharing oh, yeah. something to spread awareness versus cram something down someone's throat because they're not a certain way. Yeah. It can be really taxing. That's another reason why I have a hard time, like, digesting a lot of that kind of content because it's really mm -hmm. stressful. It's very stressful, you know, because it's people's real lives that are being affected. And we're over here. We're over here safe as could be. You know what I mean? And there's always threats, but we're safe. And everybody has these strong opinions about other people's real lives that are being very traumatized and dying and all these things. And it's like, I don't have all the information. Yeah. I don't. I don't generally have all the information to comfortably put something out there. Yeah. Because we as people don't have all that information. We might think that we do, but we don't. Not to mention, like, you don't even know. There's a lot of false information on the internet Propaganda. now, too. Yeah. hundred so percent. It gets really it gets really conflicted. It's a really weird place to be right now. <laughs> it is. It is because it's information at everyone's fingertips and everybody has their opinions. And you kind of kind of just take it for what you will. You got to use that little mute button sometimes. Yeah, it's my favorite. Just, oh, same. <laughs> like when the elections come around, I'm like, mute, 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 double mute, girl. Because I'm like, no, I'm not. I can't. Like, not today. You know, but I, you know, lately... I feel like my soul has been starving for like seclusion. Yeah. And I think because. You have to protect your peace. Well, yeah. And I think you and I have been in a job and a city and places where we're required so much energy for like social interactions and like how we look or how we act around certain people. And it's like, maybe I just want to go live in the forest yeah. for like a year. It's. <laughs> <laughs> with me and my two oh my god i have wiener dogs now oh yeah <laughs> they're a little over a year 
Louie and Dior. We both have two dogs now. That's right. You have we didn't have any. We didn't have any dogs back That's then. That's right. And now I have tattoos now. Wow. I have a half sleeve. Street cred. I have a quad piece. <laughs> I have a little cute little two gay boys kissing on the side of my thigh. That's like a little butterfly. I'm gonna get another piece next week. On the side right here, tattoos. girl. Wow, thanks. so many things have happened. Listen, they're addicting. Uh, People say they are. They are. Yeah. Because now I want to just be like full leg sleeve. Stop. <laughs> I don't know. I'm, I'm going to go broke because of all the tattoos. I do. Um, what you just meant. I know you were jo- kind of joking about it where you're like, I just kind of want to like go be secluded and like live away. I have felt that so hard because... At least for me, I think that there were a few years where I was so public about yeah, what I was doing on social that's media. That's right. You were all up in the business back then. I was because you had to be. Yeah, and I loved it and hated it all at the same time. And then I fell completely off. And then really wanted to do this, obviously. So this requires me to show up more. Mm-hmm. But I've found it very difficult for me to put myself out there again. And I think maybe I'm just more protective and introverted with. Yeah. Um, my personal life because I've finally gotten to a place of peace yeah. and I'm like, that is my number one priority forever Yeah, forever. because it took me so long to get it back. And now I just like want to wrap it in bubble wrap and be like, okay, I don't disturb this Yeah, because it's, it's my sanity and yeah. I had lost it for a while because of some really traumatic shit. Uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, um, where I was going with this was like unlearning all of the bad habits, unlearning all the toxicity, unlearning all of the, Things that had shaped me into someone who I did not want to be. And mm-hmm. I didn't even realize it at the time. And so in order to heal, you have to go through a big process of unlearning. Yeah. And I didn't really understand that until I was like knee deep in it. And I was like, oh, for sure. Fuck, this is really painful. Yeah. But, you know, the, the journey back to yourself is all of that undoing, yeah. unlearning and, you know, just kind of being back and being present and a little bit more quiet. Yeah. And so I've I've found myself less inclined to share. Yeah. Stuff like this is a little bit different, but I don't know, that's what social media was for me and now I I've gone back and I have archived so much stuff because I'm like I don't know who that is anymore. Damn. And I think that that's okay. Yeah. You we know, all you, you shed people. you shed layers of yourself and you learn and you grow and Yeah, we're onions. Um, we're you just peel back Shrek the says <laughs> onions. So many layers, but it's true. It's true. It like, is. you know, don't, don't hide, hide your growth. Don't hide the parts of yourself that you've like evolved from because that's the, there's beauty in that too, but you're allowed to change your mind. A thousand percent. And that, um, I think letting yourself know that is very comforting. Mm-hmm. You don't have to stay the same. No, you don't. Yeah. So, yeah. So I'm really proud and excited to see all of my friends evolve, including yours. I feel like so much has happened in two years, so I'm really excited to continue to see where you grow from now. I know. I'm excited, yeah. too. I'm, I'm at such a confusing part of my life. But this is ex- the most confused I've been in my entire life. It's like I want to live in the woods and like not talk to anybody, but I want to try stand-up comedy, be in front of everyone. Like That's very, so opposite, yeah. you know what I mean? But we'll see who knows yeah well i'm excited to see where this journey goes for you no um is there anything else you wanted to share before we wrapped up today oh my gosh i don't think so yeah we kind of and also um we touched on your podcast so stay tuned for that as oh well. yes it's gonna be a fun one what so did you we'll guys see. what did you guys wind up calling it highly unlikely oh i like this. and it's because chandler lives in the highly unlikely category it's like when you go get like an operation they're like oh two percent chance this will happen to you it happens to her or like, <laughs> oh, this happened. Like everything happens to her. But we also say it's highly unlikely 
you'll get the two of us in the same room. Like our personalities are so out of control, genuine, just like tra- wild transparent cards. or wild cards. And, and like, you can't find two people like that really ever separate, but like us together in the same place is very, is like just highly unlikely. <laughs> We're still figuring out our little niche kind of audience but you know, I want it to be like the first half is like your niche audience, and then the second half of the episode is like just random fun stuff. Yeah, you know what I, I love mean. That. Just to change it up halfway through. I love it. And it could be like facts, whatever. So if anybody has any suggestions for us, slide in Christina or mine DM and like let let me know because we're op- open for ideas. Yeah, same. Same. Honestly, same with Fearless too because yeah. Fearless started way fucking different. Yes, way different, yeah. and it has transitioned and evolved. And I think that. Um, the whole changing your mind thing. You get mm-hmm. tired of telling a certain story for a while and you're like, I think this is done. Yeah. I think this chapter is closed. Mm-hmm. And so the involvement of Fearless is now bringing on more people to tell more stories of just being in a place like Christian is right now where you're like, I don't really know what's next for myself, but that is probably one of the most exciting places mm-hmm. to be. And it doesn't always have to be so trauma-based and so sad. And you know, you don't have to be a victim of your circumstances forever. Yes. And I think when we first started this, it was more so how to deal with really shitty things that you've been through and yep. how to get honest with yourself about things that you've been through so you can look at, you know, your journey and just you know get real with yourself about mm-hmm. what needs to change for you to become the better person and yep. how to manage what you've been through. But the involvement side of fearless is where I am right now and where I want everyone else to be and to see that you can close chapters of your life and, you know, seal them off with a little bow and be yeah. like, that was part of me and I'm proud of how I dealt with that and this is what's next for myself. And yeah. how do we get to that next level of exactly. involvement? So know, I love that you touched on that because I, I agree. It's like you don't have to hit like a rock bottom kind of point in your life to make a change. Yeah. If something doesn't, it was like me and my recent relationship. It's nothing bad happened. Like nothing severe. We never fought. Like it was it was fine. But for me, I was like, I don't see growth for the yeah. two of us. So why wait two more years, three more years for the resentment, whatever. And it's like that with every situation in life. Like the second something is kind of like, nah, don't fight it. Yeah. You know, make a change, figure out what you want to do or who you want to be with. If you want to be, you know, whatever it might be, you don't have like what you're saying. You don't have to get to such a point where like, it's a trauma based situation now. Yeah. Now it's like a bad thing. And now you're yeah. like, you know, all these things. And I lived in that for a long time. I always mm-hmm. was like, it's, well, it could be worse. It could be worse. Like, let, let me, I let myself get to a point where I'm like, this is so fucking bad. Like, it doesn't have to be that way. But no. that comes with the self-realization of like what you're actually going through and what mm-hmm. you need to do for yourself. But yeah. now we're talking more about just, you know, exciting things. And, mm-hmm. you know, it doesn't have to be so serious. And no. I thought because I started it that way that it needed to continue to go down that path. Yeah. And I'm like, I don't want to do that anymore. I love that. And that's, and that's great. That's everything. So I hope you guys got some insight from this and some inspiration that, um, you know, maybe Christian and I shared. But like he said, both of our DMs are always open if you guys have any suggestions. And stay tuned for Christian and Chandler's podcast, Highly Unlikely. Yes. And we will see you guys next time.